And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape episode number 11 with our buddy Chris Emerson. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about music, vibrations, and jam bands. Hey, hey. And gongs. (laughs) So, uh... Let's start this off. Let's talk about uh, what got you guys it, like into music. Like everybody listens to music, but like what captured you, Chris, for like the first time? Like what musically was it a band? Was it a type of music? Like what got you into it? Well, um, the day I was born, my dad left for a gig in New York, so I was born into music. You know, like. Pretty literally. Um, so, yeah, having a dad that's a musician, it's a huge thing. So, like, I remember uh, growing up, we had a – we at one point, we lived in a loft in East uh, uh, Eastern Market, and, like, they would rehearse there. So, like, the drums would be there and all the gear and all the stuff. It was, like, magic. And then he would take me to the recording studio. Was that the 150 uh, – uh, or 1583 Eastern Market? This? It was at Division Street or something. Yeah, yeah, Division, yeah. That's yeah, in the video. Some of that, yeah, the video, bro. Yeah, you oh, guys, you guys live it. there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was my second home ever. Damn. Yeah. And so they would they would have like the band in there, and it was like a bit, you know, I, it'd be interesting to see the loft now because in my, you know, when you're little, everything seems so massive, and so this was just a big loft space, and. uh and yeah, he would have the bands in there, and um, I mean, it's like magic when you're a kid, you know. Well, what, so that was uh, what. Uh, so did you then? Is that what made you want to start playing music, or like, is there something like? Because there's like a, I think there, for everybody, there's music, and then there's music. If you're if you're a musician, especially where there's something that you get into so heavy that it impacts the rest of your life, not just you know, what you listen to per se, is there something that, that kind of did that for you or, um, uh, you know, it's been <laughs> so long, like, no, like this is going to, I mean, it sounds like, I don't know, like cliche or whatever, but it's been so long. Like, I don't remember time before thinking in terms Not of having musician. music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even hurt. It, it's like, it barely exists to me anymore. Like I, if, anything like any kind of memory of that i mean even before playing music or playing around with music um i just like being at that loft in particular like he would have like pink floyd the wall on or Mm -hmm. like bob marley would be on a lot like you know or beatles all the classic stuff you know zeppelin but um you know like we last episode i was on with you guys we were talking about the eastern the vedic stuff but in vedic uh, philosophy, everybody has what's called their vasanas as their inherent nature. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that mine is definitely a music vasana. Like it's just, it's just was built into, it's not even a tr- so much like, Oh, I decided to become a musician or this or that. It's just like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just the way of life. It's just the way I am. You know what I mean? It's not right. even a choice. Like if I, I would have to like at one point a few years ago, I really thought I was like, I'm, I don't ever want to play music again. Like I was really disheartened and like, I tried what made you, what made you do it? 
like what made you think that like because you obviously love it like what was the driving force behind feeling that way ego okay <laughs> yeah 100 percent ego you know like trying to like you know obviously uh hogan and i had written a lot of music and tried to do original music and i really loved the music that we wrote and the band that we played in but then i tried to do my own stuff and it's uh obviously i love original music and being creative and stuff but if your intention isn't right or your ego like like it's kind of like well it's this, a lot uh, to take on when it's all your own too when it's your name on uh, on the cd and everything right you know, but, when you're in a band it's like if we fail we fail together but when you're well, doing it's not only that when, you, when you're in a band you feel the other people's energy like there's not just you there's a bunch of you so it's it's a little bit easier to navigate through things because even if you're having a hard time there's like he's saying you know, there's other people there to support you you know yeah well you know and and, and really like even though it was, I guess, technically some kind of a solo thing or whatever. We did have a, I, I did really enjoy the band, the playing with the band. That was the one thing I really liked. But then I got into this thing where it's like, um, obviously, I liked the music I was writing. Uh, and, 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 and if it doesn't connect with people, then you're like, well, what's, you know, what's wrong with you? You don't like this? <laughs> but right. it's like, yeah, well, who okay. You know, it's like, no, nobody really liked it, you know? I mean, I'm sure maybe a couple people did, but um, it gets into a thing like you get into this ego mentality of like somebody owes you something. It's like nobody owes you, you know, like you have to earn people's right. uh, uh, like respect and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, that's the fucked up. That's the fucked up thing about it. It's like all you can really do is put out what you hear and feel. And if people like it, they like it. You know what I'm saying? You're either going to appeal or you're not. I mean, I'm not, the music we wrote was great, but it's just, it's a weird thing. And, uh, you know, you see a lot of people that like try, they try and like change their, their sound and everything to like be someone they're not. Right. Yeah. I, I think that I've tried to be really careful not to do that particular thing, like to try to do any one particular thing. Cause I think it'll work. Um, I don't think I would be able to do that anyway, but you know, like, some of it's, you know, like, okay, I wasn't really self-aware of my limitations or self-aware of the limitations of others or, or, or like, you know, really assessing things well. And, uh, and, and then that, that kind of thing leads to a disheartened state of like, uh, you know, uh, screw everybody or I don't want to do this anymore. Or, you know, like, um, uh, well, I, I also think it's a lot of the time too, you know, if you came out, depending on when you play your music, it has a lot to do with it's time and place. It's, it's time and circumstance. It. It's you know, time. Like, it's circumstance. It's skill. It's if you were playing, you know, if you were playing the way you were playing right now, like in the '60s, you'd be blowing people away. But obviously, it took all the knowledge from those eras to get right. you to where you are now. It's how can you transcend that without needing that stuff? You know, like how can you? be that creative and not need the steps before per se, or use the steps before to get you to a certain level and then take it in a whole different mode from there. You know, like, I think that's important yeah. if you're a musician or an artist or what, you know, whatever. Absolutely. I mean, that's a good point, yeah. but I'm, I'm also saying that listen to the music that's successful today. It's, it's God awful. I mean, well, cause it's turned into more of a business than the actual, what music's intended to be, which is for enjoyable, um, you know, like people dancing and, and people can dance to pop music, but it's just, it's like almost like how at one point people were at like a, 
college level music understanding and now everybody's at like a first grade you know <laughs> sing along kind of a thing. Yeah, that's a good, yeah that's cool i mean that's just kind of what it is now and it's it's not that i th- i don't think people i mean i think there are dumber people but i think it's more just people whatever's easier for people to get access to so it's like that's what's available right now because of the business side of it so that's what people are jumping on you know if if you know like look at back then like led zeppelin and all these classic rock bands and even you know jam bands like grateful dead built an empire you know through some pretty uh you know conservative times there with what they were you know so it just depends on what you are and what your product is but when that's not being pushed, it's got to be completely organic. You know, look at how fish became popular. You know, they, it was just like word of mouth through friends. And then people kept coming to their shows and they keep playing the same places. And then it grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. Um, you know, that's organic, you know, you can't really, I don't think you can even do that on purpose. I think it's something that just happens, you know? So, yeah. Yep. I'd agree with that. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, um, so but the, you know the beauty in going through that kind of like uh, well the other thing is then then you um, then obviously you're watching the people that have um, had that grassroots even Zeppelin now Zeppelin like they were like they were not <laughs> the critics hated that band yeah because they were just taking yeah, they're just taking blues songs and ripping them off and and sh- shredding them out you know that's, but what happens is cool but. Yeah, but then, but then, obviously, they got their. They definitely had their own sound and were phenomenal. Uh, but, uh, but you know, like uh, same thing with the Rolling so, Stones. Early on, they were all old blues songs, oh, and then they kind of found yeah. their whole own thing in the seventies. You know, but and then, but the problem is that I, that I found was like from that very young age. Also, then, then on top of that, I would idolize my dad playing music, and and he at one point. Uh, was like he they had he had a really I mean he's had multiple really really good bands um I'm not just saying that because yeah I saw Kevin's dad. video he made for your dad it's actually pretty cool I like it's it cool little. it's very yeah. cool like he's a really cool he's got a cool thing he does and in the like especially in like the early mid 90s he had a really really tight band he made a really awesome uh, uh album that he did at United Sound down in Detroit and I got to go to those sessions as like a I don't know how old I would have been, maybe six or seven or whatever, mm-hmm. going into a big studio like that. But then you, you you get this image, you see these guys that have made it to that massive point, and they're one in a in a lifetime. You know, there's only gonna in the history of the universe gonna be one Zeppelin, one fish, and whatever. Right. And the reality yeah, is, it's, a... it's it's like you're thinking, oh, you'll be that, but no, you're not that at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you know, like that's I'm like speaking about no, it's, it's exactly like it's <laughs> from Bittersweet. He's like, I'm not oh, the grateful yeah. dad. You know, I wasn't born in that era. You know, I was a child of the '70s. You know, going well, to the malls and listening to. I, so it's like the same concept. Like you can't. You're right. You can't rekindle or rebuild something that's already been built. The best you can do is build, use that as like a platform to kind of take it in a whole new path, you know, create something completely new. Even so, like, I'm not even just creatively, just like, like, um, yeah, time and place, like they were at the, they were doing the right thing that connected with people at the time and, and the place and all. And it's like, uh, and it's a really unrealistic expectation to even have a, a, an eighth of that or a, a, a tenth or whatever to pick your number. Um, and, uh, 
it's it's absurd <laughs> it's just pure silliness foolishness you know like so um but the cool thing about like uh going through a uh, like a a tough like realization like you're you know, uh, you're going to be like a guitar teacher, not a, (laughs) like a guy that rocks for, you know, thousands of people. It's like, what's wrong with, what's wrong with that? So like, like, I've accepted what what I am. Like once you accept who you are and your place in the world and you're just having fun, man. And then you're just, no, it's fun. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. So that's another really cool Vedantic principle is like, uh, and actually we were just talking about this in our study group today. We get this, uh, inferiority or superiority complex mm-hmm. and it's like no you're just you're that's a your ego wheel. That, yeah that's just it's your ego, ego. Yeah. yeah and so like you said once you just you're like hey this is who i am it's it although is. your ego this is kind of weird like if you really think about it your ego is very necessary to the production level of what you're creating to a certain well i think once you get to a certain level though technically like once you understand music theory or knowledge or how to you know compose and stuff like that it's not necessary to even worry about the ego but it's almost like you need it on the path there you know maybe Uh, not 100 percent necessary maybe there's somebody that's done it without it but i think it's part of the bit the learning process of that like it's like you're shedding it's almost like a caterpillar and once you've shed that you can really kind of do what you want from there you know yeah the ego is an interesting thing and you know i know signer has a lot of interest he has a different like kind of i think some of it is just that the, the way that people use certain words and stuff but but i i would agree like you have to like at, at some point you have to especially as a performer you have to be like having a certain degree of like i'm gonna kill it and have, right. it's almost like a competitive thing, but yeah, but I always was trying to like have that internally, like to push myself to a different level, but then right. be try to be humble. You know, it, it turns you really you anyway, that's, that's the you know? whole thing. There's a thin line between confidence and arrogance. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. I and I. I, I really hope I, I don't come across as arrogant or anything. Cause it, it's like, <laughs> well, who are you, you know, like, no, I don't think you do at all, but I know people that, you know, it's, it's very thin. I, I know. <laughs> it's big, big in the I, jazz I scene. Yeah. Well, I think it could be big. Yeah, in those guys, I mean, Not that I haven't met nice jazz musicians. Just most times when I talk to people or other musicians, you know, for playing, I, I, I see you, a jazz band. It's like, oh, that guy's a dick. Like, why? What? I, I could see it being. I could see it being big in any specialized, like bluegrass or, you know, yeah, yeah, classical, yeah. classical yeah. jazz, whatever. You mentioned jazz. I got, I, I got to hear a story from just a couple months ago. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm uh, for anything that I might be as a guitar player. I'm definitely not a jazz guitar player. You know what I mean? Right. So, but but through, you're like progressive. Through, I would say you're progressive. But but having played uh, in the gospel, not even seen, but at a gospel church, and, and I've gotten some gigs through that. Well, uh, then so, so kind of like secondhand, I got this gig at Baker's Keyboard Lounge, you know, which nice. is a legendary yeah, jazz yeah. club. It's like the oldest it's, jazz club in, the, I think, the country or one of them. It's what they they say. That's what they say they are. So I don't, you know. But anyway, <laughs> that's this, what they this, say, man. This awesome guy. So what happened was I got asked to do this gig um, at Aretha Franklin's father's old church, and she was supposed to be there. And it was this big deal. I was all oh, pumped shit. up. Damn. And I, it was, I was like, this is awesome. And then she didn't even show up to her own thing. So and and then and then on top of that, everybody else was like, of course, she she never comes to these things. I was like, oh, yeah. why? Here I am. I thought. I think she, she was sick too. There. She might have had cancer. Does, still does maybe too. 
Yeah, I don't think she's doing too hot. But so, but so anyway, that happened. And the, the 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 music director of that church asked me to play this this gig with him. And then he, I go sure. And I thought it would be gospel music. <laughs> then he sends me this uh, these tunes, and I go to look them up, and they're all these jazz songs. It's like Herbie Hancock and all this stuff. Oh, and, like, mm-hmm. and, and and then at that point, I wasn't going to say, hey, I can't Big do this. Bird, what, are you playing the, what are you playing the bass on that or? No, I was playing guitar, so I figure oh, I'll just tell him, yeah, what, what the hell, I'll tell him I can do it, you know, see how it goes. So then, then he, you know, I figure, hey, if I have enough time, I can learn the music. So, yeah. so then I go and I learn all this music, and then I go to a rehearsal, and then uh, I'm on time. Then the, the bass player's like, it, it's getting to be like 20 minutes. We've been waiting around. Then they go, oh, the bass player's not coming. We'll be fine. We won't even rehearse. What? And then I'm like, all right. <laughs> so then, then I learn all the all these songs and the keys, and I'm stressing out, man. Then I show up to the gig, and uh, and I and then I haven't even met the bass player. The bass player shows up. He's got a double bass. I'm like, what, what am I doing? And then Victor they, Wooten. They, and there's no discussion about we're gonna start with this or that. And here's the key. Nothing. Oh, yeah. The keyboard sits down. And he just starts playing. Yeah, you better know yeah. every key of this fucking every song. You know the song in every single key. You better. And and it, it, forget about the key. I didn't even know what the song was. And, then, <laughs> and, then, and, then, uh, and it's a packed house, and they're and I'm sticking out like a sore thumb. You know, I'm like sitting here. Yeah. I'm like sweating. There's you know like I. These guys are wearing like suits, and I'd like have like, have, like jeans yeah. or something. And I'm like, and then uh, and I yeah, had that's to, just I, the worst feeling when something like that uh, happens where you can't control it, you know. And on the fly, are I had you to sure be this like, "This wasn't a dream, dude. <laughs> this actually happened." So then, then, then I'm like, I'm I'm freaking out. I'm like listening. I'm like, okay, uh, since C minor, okay. So I like figured out a couple chords, and I'm just trying to add a little here and there. And then he's like, "All right, Chris, Chris, here he goes with the solo." And I'm like. Oh. <laughs> No. And I just, dude, I tried. You know, I tried my it best. Probably was who is pretty good, man. Well, so then, you know, I played. I felt awful. I've, I've almost, you know, I don't know if I've ever felt worse. At least not lately. Oh, that's uh, when you gave up music. Was after the show? No, this is a couple months ago. This is my good times. <laughs> and and so the, the, then, uh, so I'm feeling mm-hmm. awful. You know, I, I'm like, well, that'll never happen again. And so then, you know, this is this is funny. So then, like another, like maybe a month ago, two then the weeks guy text, later, then this guy, the guy texts me, and uh, some, you know, nobody could believe, you know, it sounded that good, and we didn't even rehearse and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh man, he really he liked it. Well, let's play again. But then at the end, he was like, oh, would you buy my CD? And he was like, just trying to sell the CD, I think. Oh, right now. oh man, that's, so, a, that's a bummer uh, ending. <laughs> but, but then, here's the then here's I thought you were gonna play. Show. I thought you were going to play like some mega church, some then, shit on TV. Well, look, that's, so, then, so then I'm double, <laughs> then I'm doubly feeling bad. Cause like, I, I thought I sucked. And then, and then I thought, Oh, he did like it. Then I was like back to, Oh, I sucked. Well, uh-huh. then he called me last week and asked me to do a gig and I couldn't do it. So, uh-huh. he, it, it, so it all worked out in, in the, uh, <laughs> in the long run. What, but, uh, uh, so basically you thought your ego got in the way. That's why you didn't want to play anymore. I mean, I've had a similar experience myself oh, I, the, yeah. yeah i mean i've had my own shit too and the same exact kind of a thing in a way um i had played music for a long time i you know worked at guitar center for a while i'd been in the music shit you know playing yeah. gigs downtown chicago out in the suburbs everywhere he met um, billy corgan <laughs> there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of famous people who used to come through our store but um 
the thing is, is like I had all this gear and I was fucking loving it. And it was just like, oh man, this is great. And then something happened. I just, um, you know, I think my band broke up. Um, and then when that happened, it's like, man, that sucks. And it wasn't just about the band. It's just something snapped in my head. I'm like, is this really what I want to be doing? And I kind of like, oh, there's, let me try some other shit. So, um, but that whole time, I think it was like three or four years. And part of it was when I was actually staying with you guys. Um, but I mean, we played music around the house and stuff like that and played at the, um, the jam space and everything. But the problem for me was just not, uh, having that same passion that I had before. And then once I found it again, I'm like, Holy fuck, why did I ever stop doing this? This is stupid. Even if I don't do it, to the purpose of what I was doing it before, I'm going to do this and have fun because it's like a fucking awesome thing to do. And it makes you feel good. And when you hit that harmonic convergence, you know, you get the chills all over your body. There's no feeling. And I don't even think that's an ego thing either, because that's well, the, more uh, of a being in sync with other people. It's like a com- connection. It's like us having this conversation and connecting on like a higher level than just the normal. Hey, how are you? You know, it's like a whole experience, you know? So, I, I mean, I think for, I, for me, that was why I kind of came back to it. And then now I've rebuilt up, you know, my whole stockpile of gear and you know, yeah, we, just yeah, played, yeah. we just played a show the other night. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I got rid of everything. That was the other thing. I got rid of like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of shit. I got rid of a GNL, uh, three bolt guitar. That was just amazing. Um, just shit that I super regret, but I mean, I guess everything happens for a reason in that regard, but um, I mean, you can get those back if you want. Yeah, I mean, so what about you? Uh, what made you stop? Because you're the only one that hasn't come back to it there, K-Dog. I uh, I don't know. You just you get involved with other passions. Right. But, I mean, I, I, I was going to say, I think it's funny that you were saying the ego because now that I started playing again, I, the only reason I play is for myself. Back in the day, you know, when you're in a band, you're, you're playing, you're trying to impress people, you're trying to make a living, you're trying to get people to follow. And now, I don't, like, the fact that I don't have to rely on it for money or anything, I can just pick up a guitar, play. If it sucks, it sucks. If it's good, it's good. And well, I mean, I just, I just play for myself. You were good. I should have. I should have never good stopped. Songwriter. Yeah, you're a good songwriter. Uh, I think you're really good with putting lyrics to chord progressions. I think that was probably your strength as a musician. But you weren't bad at like soloing and stuff either. I was, you know, that was one thing that actually kind of surprised me when you stopped playing. So I'm like, why does this kid? This kid's good. You know, I don't know. That's why I keep telling him. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a different, like a different perspective than what you were saying, Hogan. Because then what happened is then. Uh, then I'm like, uh, like I'll, I'll like, I'll never do the kind of music that I was doing before with the original music. Like I'll, it's done. I'll never do it again. You know, like it's over, but then like, I, I do play for a living, you know, and now I play weddings or I play in the fish band. Yeah. And, and it, so then that's another cool, like, it's like, take the, the wedding band. At first I was really like, oh, you know, like, uh, here I am, you know, playing in a wedding band, but then, <laughs> then but then that's good um, money, baby. Well, sure. But, but the thing is, it's, it's like, it's kind of, you're sitting there and you're making somebody's biggest day really fun or their right. night. Yeah. You know? And that's, you're bringing that's smiles to people's faces. That's awesome. No, it's, it's a good time. And so, so then that's a cool way to like, 
get get their ego out of the way because it's not about you. It's like how you know it's their time. And then yeah, with the cool. fish band, the cool thing is that it's not even my music. So like it's it's a funny thing that the, the fish cover band has been uh, has been working because people love that music so much, and it's cool because I get to play that. But it has nothing to do with me. Like nobody even knows my name. You know what I mean? It's like for, that you know, that's, that's the fake tray up there. Well, no, no. So like that's ah. the weird thing now. It's like you play that stuff, and everybody knows what you were playing when we were younger. That was a we were in that. You know, Kevin and I were in the Marm. Like we used to play that shit. People were like, oh, it's obscure rock music. Now it's like we played a show Friday night, and we played Sample in a Jar. We played. Um, uh, down with disease we played a couple other fish tunes and like those were the ones that people were like cheering and like up front and dancing around to and stuff and the rest of the you know the classic rock stuff wasn't resonating as much and i don't know maybe it was just the passion that i was putting into the fish stuff because i love it you know but um it's just weird how that's kind of turned a page too like it's almost like that's becoming because people like don't get other music other than pop music so it's like whatever's the biggest you know, counterculture type thing. And I guess that would be the jam scene, you know? Oh yeah. 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 It's a real trip. So you guys, uh, your fish cover, but you guys are playing a show, aren't you coming up? Yeah, man. This, uh, Oh, it's next we, we weekend, didn't talk, isn't it? It's yeah. It's, it's a week from today. Uh, we didn't talk about the circumstances of why we're doing the show. Did we before? Like before I start repeating myself? No. No, okay, I don't yeah. think so. Well, I'll do a little backstory. So this this guy um, named Eric uh, uh, Eric Brown, I think his last name is. I actually, I've never met him, but that's who the benefit is for. So this guy, uh, he, uh, uh, the Free Press just did a, an article about him. He's kind of this oddball kind of guy and he he had a a head injury when he was a toddler and then he he his he he had some weird speech stuff and like was Mm -hmm. i guess never quite the same it was just always kind of like a little different than everybody but anyway turned he's like this super nice guy and anyway he he met some people on some kind of facebook group or something i think i heard of this dude i think i saw this on the addicted to fish page on facebook uh yeah that's right the goat yeah Yeah. so he he, well he he has a like a pet Goat or something. So he's just kind of this kind of kind of different dude. But Adam, anyway, Adam Sandler. <laughs> but he he's he's like the nicest guy ever. He took these people in like because they they didn't have a place to stay. Then uh, uh, robbing him, got hit their dog into attack. But he just took his power to lead him to the hospital and like. Uh, like a really bad scene. So anyway, that's why we're doing the uh, benefit is for that guy uh, uh, on Sunday. And I think he's just a big fan of maybe, you know, the jam type uh, scene in general. So yeah, you got dead again playing. It's just a big, uh, yeah. Tribute time. <laughs> it's, it's a <laughs> green sky. Uh, uh, it's a green sky tribute band, uh, grateful dead. And then us doing fish. Nice. Yeah, that's actually yeah. That's weird that you said. I did read that article about that. Guy. Are you gonna come, Big Bear? I might come. <laughs> I'm gonna be in town. I have to see if I'm yeah, staying that night. Oh, dude, next... are you kidding? Yeah, yeah you, you gotta come, come man. Do a little reporting from it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. a little a little uh, in-game session. Um, 
But uh, let's pivot here for a second. Pivot! Uh, pivot! Let's talk about vibrations in general, because I think that's a super um, crazy thing that we don't even talk about that I think affects most things. I mean, think about what vibrations are speaking, vibrations, music, vibrations, sound, vibrations, you know, vibration. They're using vibration now uh, to levitate things. You know, that's how powerful vibrations can be. So what do you guys uh, think about like the effects of that on our, on us, on our souls, on our consciousness? Well, what comes to mind, well, two things come to mind about that. Like there, there's the, uh, was it a Japanese scientist, the guy that did this stuff with the, the water and the, uh, he studied water and snowflakes and stuff. And like the, the, uh, so like, yeah, I think I know ha- you're talking about, he would look in the thing like, no, I think I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. Let's see if I can find something on this guy. Audio or I don't know if it was a real person or just audio playing of like negative stuff you know, speaking to the water or whatever, I forget how they did it, but the, uh, it, gosh, I'm going to have to look it up. It might've been ice or something like that, but it took on this kind of like uh disfigured looking form. Mm-hmm. And then when he, then it would be like loving kind of sentiments, like then, the, then it would be this beautiful, like uh, uh, symmetrical geometrical uh, geometric pattern, you know. Oh, I, I, I did see something like this on Facebook. Can you, can you look this? Uh, I can't remember exactly. I, mean, I looked. Details. I looked up Japanese science. I couldn't find anything on this guy. <laughs> I just typed in Japanese scientists. Nothing no, came I up. Jap- I don't know. Why. No, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking, bro. I'm not finding much. Um, but yeah, I think that that does have a huge effect. Find, you know? bro. That's why I don't think. Um, like I don't shit on music at all, but when you look at like the crazy shit that happens at like metal, you know, gigs and crazy shit like that, these people are like throwing each other into each other and beating each other's asses in the middle, you know, a mosh pitting. <laughs> and the, I just, I don't know, you know, like, is that, you know, and they consider like, we've talked about this too, like the lower the octave, the kind of more, um, I think you use this word as harmonic. Hey. <laughs> Uh, where it's like the lower the octave, the more, not evil, but the the, omin- the more ominous it becomes, and the higher the octave, the more serene or beautiful, you know. Were you did I say that? I'm not saying you said that. I'm saying that that's what that's a word you usually describe. The harmonic oh. is like a negative force that's pushing oh, you to, yeah. to do something. I'm saying that. Do you think that there there's something associated with that? Because like I said, if you listen to like people that do crazy shit, you know tend to listen to this shit. Not that, again, not that I'm shitting on anything. I think I can't listen to metal music just usually for the grunting. I mean, I can appreciate the guitar work. <laughs> I can appreciate the guitar work and the yeah. and double yeah. bass drum and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But it's just like, I don't know. It leaves like an unsettling feeling in me, you know? I don't know. Yeah, but I don't, yeah. Think, it's, I don't think it's leaving that feeling because it's a low pitch. I think it's just because it's screaming into a microphone well i think what we were talking about with the low thing was i, I think maybe at one point i was talking about like like uh the dance music is like dun, dun, dun. Right. it's all rhythm <laughs> and it's like a low thing it's like a kind of a primal it's like it's just like uh i don't know it's primal it's not like uh it's very different than going and listening to uh the dso perform uh, uh, an amazing piece of music with a bunch of people coming that's together. What I'm that's like angelic. Yeah. And if you listen to like somebody yeah. grunting or like dubstep I, or whatever, are you like, saying it's dead mouse you, like, is a barbarian, bro? You know? <laughs> is dead mouse a barbarian? 
<laughs> that what you're saying? I, Dead Mouse is a smart guy because he's doing what he loves, I guess. You know what I mean? It's, and, and, he yeah. wears a, and he wears a helmet. Yeah. The helmet, yeah. I mean, I think Daft Punk does what he does to the next fucking level, but. So, yeah, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah. And then I feel like I was just coming across, uh, like, a theory about some of these ancient structures had these massive stones that they were built with, and one of the things people were... They resonate at a frequency of 111 hertz. Something, well, something about maybe, like, that they were using some kind of levitation to get these blocks. Oh, yeah, yeah, that I've heard, too. That shit's crazy. That actually might be a real thing. Like they said earlier, they're they're doing stuff with levitation with vibration. Now there's a scientist um, where they'll take, like like, a ball bearing, and they'll use, like, a handheld, this, like, vibration machine, and it'll literally make this ball bearing just hover in the air just on the vibrations alone. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, if, what's if, you going- had, if you had that at a large level, you could levitate shit. I mean, you could levitate anything if you have enough of that energy, you know? And I actually think that I've heard that, you know, the walls of Jericho getting blown over, you know, um, and the, I think it's the Crusades. Um, they said that, that there was a horn that was blown. They said that there could really could have been some machine used that created such force with the vibration that it would have helped the, the wall fall or whatever. I, I mean, that's obviously some crazy shit, but I mean, I wouldn't put it past if there was some sort of ancient technology like these fucking people built the pyramids, you know? You know, you know what else has something about that? Uh, way back in the Bhagavad Gita, he talked about um, somebody having some crazy horn. What the heck was that part? Oh man, I mean, I've like I've been working on that book for the past year or something, so it's not as fresh in my mind. But there was something I'm gonna have to look it up with that, and it was like a terrifying sound, like when they were going to the battleground. It was like, um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to the way vibrations affect people. You know, I always say like, oh, good vibes, you know. <laughs> yeah, kinda, and that's exactly kinda, what it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, Have you ever heard of this thing? It's called like the net of Endra or something. I think it's an, it's an Indian philosophy thing. It's that we're all connected through like this web and that when something shakes the web, it has an effect on every fucking thing in the entire universe. It like shoots out kind of like a ripple on like a, um, a lake, like how we're all connected through this like nerve system kind of. Well, yeah, I mean, the, 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 you know, the Vedics would call that Brahman, you know, that's the, in fact, they say that's all there is. So in our study group, uh, Vedanta study group was like the concept of then, therefore, there's no difference between hurting. Now this is getting off music. No, I mean, whatever. You know, so if you, if you do something harmful to somebody else, it's a bit harmful to you too. You know, there is no difference. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't looked into, you know, too much to, uh, the topic of different vibrations or anything, but, uh, there's oh, definitely dude, you should, to it. dude, I mean, I know you you said you don't really meditate, but when you do meditate, dude, if you go on YouTube and pull up these, uh, here, what frequency is it? I meditate to a frequency, this thing fucking, I'm telling you, the it, binaural it does thing or, um, 
Yeah, it's uh, hold on a second. I'll pull it up here. But the other thing is what we were talking about, too, is all the megalithic structures hum at certain frequencies. And so they found like most of the big ones hum at like 111 hertz. What do you, what do you mean they hum? Like if you'd like there's quartz in them so that they capture this energy and they have like a frequency to them. It's like the weirdest. But like when you I, I was watching a documentary, when you're inside the Great Pyramid, it's completely like dark and completely um, quiet and you can hear anything that happens is like an echo. So like, but the actual structure itself, when you're in there, it's almost like, uh, you, you have like an altered conscious because it does hum at this frequency and it like draws you into that frequency. At least that's what I've heard from people that have been like inside it, you know? Yeah. Can, can anyone take a tour of those things? I don't know how that works to be honest with you. Um, I think that, uh, um, I think when you're you're doing that kind of stuff, you probably have to get special permission. I, I don't know how the complex works in terms. Yeah, and their of government what, doesn't want anyone fucking around in there. Yeah. <laughs> so no. the, the the hertz that I okay, so the one I do is like five twenty eight hertz, which is it says it repairs DNA and brings positive energy. So. Um, have you on the Egypt thing on the pyramids? Have you ever seen that video of the guy that um, it shows him flying on a plane and he has this little remote control car with a camera? built onto it and he sneaks in and he, and he drives it through the tunnels and it's like, then he, uh, you guys can look this up. So then he's driving it and then it goes Sounds blank. Fucking crazy. No, then, then the video goes blank and he has a, a message on screen. It says to who, who, it, whom it concerns, you need to pay me. It was like several million dollars and there's a countdown or he's like, Oh, I'm going to release what's on this footage. You know, and it had like info. It was real. And, and, and then, but then the website like went down at some point, and nobody knows. Like you know, but he he actually, oh man, you got you got to look this thing up. It's. Uh, I mean, it's supposedly, crazy. according to Edgar Casey, the Hall of Records, which there's only a few of them on Earth. I guess one was in like Atlantis, one was at the Library of Alexandria that burned down, and one of them is buried in a chamber under the Sphinx's right paw supposedly and they don't let anybody like go down there so oh this like, yeah yeah oh the dude just died uh i know john anthony west yeah. r.i.p yeah. buddy that's it's fucking that was actually one of the most he's on all the he's on the pyramid code he's on ma- uh, magical egypt he you know, obviously was on the joe rogan show i mean like rogan yeah. was talking about that match is that the the five dvd set yeah it's sick yeah i watched a good? couple of them on uh, oh, youtube yeah definitely check it out i actually the, the one i like he's on too is the pyramid code on netflix that one's yeah, pretty it's like a five-part uh, thing um, and it talks about the like a new chronology of like how we all look at like you know three thousand BC four thousand BC is when they built it but there there mm-hmm. could be much much older we've talked about this much much older so you know that's definitely something you guys should check out but uh, so uh, so what his claim to fame was that the the pyramids were built way yeah way, I mean way, like his, way, his claim way to way fame was just like, that. Well, no, his claim to fame was like he said some of these civilizations could be as old as 30, 40,000. He does, he's not saying that that's what it was. He's saying that that's when you look at how old, it, how long it takes for some of the sand to cover some of these things. And then there's, I think there's a place called Nafta Playa. It's in the middle of uh, the Egyptian desert, kind of by um, the Sudan like border. And they say that that was actually before the pyramids and that could be super fucking old. And that's got like megaliths like in the middle, almost like skinnier stonehenge looking shit um well he, he wasn't he also like a real uh, big proponent of the um 
the age of the Sphinx because of the rain erosion, yeah. uh, dating it back more like at least like 9,000 years. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, like Graham Hancock, uh, right, Randall yeah. Carlson. Um, right. I mean, all the Robert Bivall, all those guys are kind of in that same, uh, boat with all that. And I actually, I think it's, it's, you can't deny that there's not water erosion around the Sphinx. I mean, there's pictures you can't, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that uh, John Anthony West was just pointing out, like he had his, he was, you know, talking about too how you can transcend this life, and that's what the Egyptians were figuring out is that um, kind of like what we talk about, like you know, losing your ego and becoming one with the universe, like you're meant to be, and all that. He's saying, you know, John Anthony West was a big proponent of you can achieve that, you know, if you work at that is your mission for life, you know, and like if you, you can figure things out, but, uh, and he's saying that, you know, a lot of the Egyptian culture talks about how they did figure that out. So I don't know. It's definitely something worth checking out. If nobody's checked out any of those documentaries or any of these people that we're talking about, cause it's definitely some very interesting stuff and, uh, it does not go along. Yeah. With, uh, hopefully you main. transcend, man. Yeah. So maybe he did. He maybe uh, found his maybe he did. So they didn't they didn't bury him in the Sphinx though, did they? No, <laughs> no, that'd be crazy. Yeah. What? Uh, so what was your first uh, jam show, Maurice? Mine was Fish '99, December second. So it was the first jam band you've ever seen. It was. I think it was the second concert I ever. I've ever oh, seen. Oh, really? Yeah. Took and a couple of puff puffs off a little duber. <laughs> <you know? laughs> what were, were we? What were we? Freshmen or sophomores? Uh, yeah, we were freshmen. I heard first song they played was "Runaway Jim," nice. and I I was singing the chorus, but I thought it was "Rolling, Rolling In." <laughs> I, I didn't know what. I, I, I never so heard. It was this real song green. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. I, yeah, I was real green. I was re- my face was green. <laughs> So I was very, very sky high, if you will. But yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, the whole the whole scene. You go into the parking lot; it's just a different world. It's There's people that are living. Yeah, it's shakedown. And I remember my aunt was warning us not to eat ganja goo balls. <laughs> ganja. And I was like, I go, what's, what's ganja goo ball? I never heard that term before. <laughs> and as soon as we got on the lot, I hear ganja goo balls. Like, oh yeah, obviously she... those have been replaced by edibles. You can't. I mean, yeah. just no. I mean, I'm sure people well, uh, still yeah. sell them because there's probably like a nostalgia factor there. But I mean, they're pretty disgusting in my eyes. It's just, <laughs> let's let's jam a bunch of shit into a ball. What uh, What was your first jam show, Chris? Let's see. Um, I actually think my first experience with that scene was the first Bonnaroo. Okay. Um, ouch. Because what do you mean ouch? The first boundary was phenomenal. <laughs> it's just so first, hot, man. It's, the first three it's hard four, to enjoy yeah, shit. The first three or four were good, and then it got like kind of, you know, even uh, when Fish played it, it was pretty oh, over, over publicized, you know. Oh, it was horrible at that point. But uh, oh, I just fell in love with it. Because like, before, you know, I think it like, <laughs> um, uh, I only, you know, like dabbled a little bit. Well, I had a, one of my best friends growing up, his brother loved the Grateful Dead. So I always had that, you know, like I always liked it, but it was more of like sort of like a nostalgia thing. Like it, I, it was like I was a kid and he was, he, I, he looked up to 
him as an old brother kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I never myself jumped into it too much. I just knew that he, he would have, you know, the uh, skeletons in the closet CD or whatever and have the, the those greatest two. hits. Yeah. So that was all I, that's, that was what I knew. And then my sister played fish for me in like middle school. And I thought, I think the first thing she played me was like waste or something. I was like, uh, and I, I still was like into Nirvana, (laughs) you know, and that kind of thing. And so I was like, no, you know, this is not my thing. It's a big jump. Yeah, but then then Napster when that happened when we were in high school, then I would like look up stuff uh, off of Junta and hear like Esther, you know, like I remember mm-hmm. really like being like, "What is this?" Yeah. or even like Obi, you know, and those kind of things. And obviously, you know, you enjoy myself and that kind of stuff. So I was kind of was like, "Oh, this is kind of this is kind of crazy," especially as a guitar player. You're like, "What is happening?" How, yeah. uh, and then, then I went to Bonnaroo and saw, you know, I can't even remember the, the entire lineup, but, uh, I think Trey uh, played there that the first year he did. I think he played on the Sunday night, maybe. Yep. Yep. Um, and, uh, so anyway, that was my first thing. And that was like a big jump into like, talk about a different world, you know, yeah, that that's was zero like, to 60. What? I was like, what is this? And so then I went on a whole different tangent. That's kind of maybe a little before I started hanging out with you, Hogan, uh, back in the day, uh, maybe a couple of years before that. But yeah, that was, uh, that was mine. I would say I can't, I honestly was so out of it. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what the actual first show was though. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, one of them was in cheese incident. I know that. Okay. It's a good show. It was fun. I had fun. Yeah, Bill I mean, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, then, I mean, then it was like, then when I got back, though, it was it, it was life changing. I mean, uh, it, you know, I had a psychedelic experience for the first time at, at that thing, and so you're never the same after that. You know. Sure. I think. I also, so. miss, I also miss like fi- finding bands that have such a you know a massive catalog, and you get into it, and you're like, damn, this song, and then this song. I need, yeah. to find, I need to find another band like that. Well, there's not that you can't do that. I mean, when we were younger, there was a, it was a whole different world of that kind of stuff. Now everything's at your fingertips at all times, and you've lost um, generations. Now, unless you are a jam band, there's really only pop rock bands, and those bands only last a couple of years, and they're not usually the most musically inclined, no offense, but I mean, it is what it is, you know? So Yeah, but at the same time, you have really great stuff like... Uh, like I love Snarky Puppy, like that's oh, really all that cool. stuff. Yeah. Those yeah. guys are pretty big. I mean, they play they play big shows. It's not like those guys don't. You know, nowadays they are. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying with with media and social media and the way things work now. It's hard to to get that lost. Like, you know, I heard of this band, the Pigeons, playing ping pong. My bass player, who's younger, <laughs> brought it to me. Um, I'm like, these guys are actually pretty fucking good. You know, I like that shit. I've never heard of them before. So you will get one here and there, but it's usually a little bit harder these days than it was like back in the day, you know? Yeah. And speaking of jam bands and fish, I got tickets for Trey and Grand Rapids for my birthday yesterday. So yeah. that's oh, nice. That awesome. yeah, I'm going, I'm, I want to go to that. I too. think the first we saw Trey, that was the first time. I think that was the first and only time I've seen Trey and Astasio band was the, um, the one at the Fox theater when he first released his cool. first solo album. That shit was fucking talk about rowdy. That the Fox theater was fucking nuts. Was it crazy? Yeah. I, I also got to get show. P- pigeons playing ping pong on pogo sticks, seeing pixies. <laughs> <laughs> that last trade 
show at Royal Oak Music Theater that ever was made was awesome. I yeah, thought. that was a good Did time. You like that, it? that was the first time Emma saw Trey, and she she just loved them. She said he was having a time of his life. He got they a, they sounded great. Room. I th- I thought it was really good. I thought it was so good. But it of was course a good show. It's fun to see him, like, because he's a larger. To, to me, he's. <laughs> I mean, he might as well be Jimmy Page or Jimmy. I mean, he's on that level with those type of guys. And then to see him in a little room like that, yeah, just yeah. smiling and having fun, you're like, yes. And because he's the kind of the thing about that is so special. I think why I really, really love not only his music and his guitar playing stuff, but he seems like such a cool, positive guy. Like he, you know, I don't know. He just seems yeah. so. Well, he's been cool. through a lot of shit himself, you know. Oh yeah, big time. Um, I think for me, my first, um, my first jam experience was, well, I didn't get to see fish until they came back from their hiatus. Cause they, right after Kevin saw him in 99, they took a break for a few years and then we got lucky. Yeah, we won the lottery. Adventure-y. We, we won the lottery because one of our buddies in high school, um, Patricus, uh, got a bunch of tickets, like sick tickets too, like second, I think it was a second or third row the one night. Um, yeah. And the problem was his dad took all the tickets cause he got in trouble. Yeah. Don't have a like, party we, the week. We called them. We're like, yeah, we called them. We're like, dude, you better give us our fucking tickets. We already paid for these things. So we ended up getting our tickets, which actually was super cool. Um, and then since we were going to drive with him, we had to pivot. We ended up taking, we got a ride from Ryan Hayes, dad to Chicago. And we stayed with my dad and that was my first fish shows in Chicago, even though I was living in, uh, gross point at the time, but we, um, Rift it opener. was 2002. Yeah. 2002. Rift opener? Yeah, 2002 cool. was my first song at Allstate Arena. We got a tweezer second set opener, too. That was actually a really sick show. Cool. Um, and then we took a Greyhound from there um, to Cincinnati, where we saw him two nights in a row at the U.S. Bank Sarah, Arena. Sarah was there. Was this 03, did you say? I missed yeah, this, uh, was, this was 02. Um, oh, like February, I think, 02. February. I think she was at those shows, um, at least one. Actually, we saw DiCarlo. Yeah. Um, and a couple There's other a sick people. bathtub gin from that. Yeah, we saw oh. a couple people from Gross Point there. Too. I love bathtub gin. In I think I saw Cisco or something too. I don't know. Um, but anyways, yeah, we, we did. Uh, we saw him. Yeah, so we we saw him there both nights. So that was my first. It was like a little road trip. It was actually pretty sick. And I had on the Greyhound bus, <laughs> Kevin and I met this guy. He was telling us it was basically like requiem for a dream trapped oh, in boy. a guy's body. <laughs> he was showing us on his arm where he had shot up and they missed oh, it. No. He had a big missed, bubble. He missed and there was a big bubble and they cut it off. Oh, he to, I hate it. He was trying, to sell, he was trying to sell drugs would, and molly. This guy and shit would not out. He would nod yeah. out while talking to us. He'd be in a story, and then he'd just fall asleep halfway through, and me and me. Must have nodded we out, man. Just, you talk about yeah, someone yeah. being green. We were green on the road, man. We didn't know what the fuck. The so, like, and then this guy was, like, trying to sell us, like, DMT and all sorts of shit, and, like, uh, we actually saw him at that show, too, which was weird. I don't know. But it was just a whole... We had a great time, actually. That was a... When we were, we were 16, I think. When you're 16 and you... I was 16. Kevin might have been 15. I don't remember, but... Um, when you're able to do that, like our parents were super cool and allowed us. And it was actually like the first time, like I had tra- traveled, I'd gone taken a plane by myself to see my aunt in Chicago a couple of times and stuff like that. But when you travel like that and you're on your own, it's kind of like, I don't oh, that's know. That's an adventure, man. Well, and that's what we were into. That's what got, I think both Kevin and I both kind of into it. Like aside from the music aspect of it, we were, we read electric Kool-Aid acid test by Tom Wolf. We read on the road by, uh, you know, um, uh, 
Jack Kerouac, we read, you know, all the counterculture stuff, what, you know, whatever it was, you know, Great White Shark Hunt, you know, like, uh, you know, there's just tons and tons of stuff, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, just all that stuff where it just kind of like alters your perception just reading it, you know, um, and that's what kind of drove, at least that's what drove me to kind of get into that whole music scene. And then once I got into that whole music scene, it's just like a whole different aspect of life where um, you're able to not get into the same pattern that you see kind of everybody else fall into, you know, and it's not like I'm doing it consciously. Like I want to be different. It's just that it's like an alternative like route. Yeah. It's just like an alternative route where you feel like you're more comfortable because you can just be yourself as opposed to being this, like, you know, whatever everybody else is doing, Britney Spears and fucking Christina Aguilera or whatever the fuck's going on, you know? Yeah. Well, it's a really, it's a really big live in the moment type of society too. These people are, aren't too much, you know, they're not too concerned about their feet. they you know, long-term for future or whatever <laughs> they want. They, yeah. no, you know what I'm saying? No, it's a live in the moment thing. So it's good to go well, from yeah, time you to time. Pr- crank out 15 like mil that. and then disappear, you know, that's not a bad run. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, my first um, uh, fish shows were Deer Creek, and I it was kind of sounds like a similar thing. I flew to Chicago and then drove down to Indiana. And yeah, it's pretty cool. There and that, yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah. What uh, What was the best show you like? What like I know, I mean, it's all subjective, but like, what in your mind sticks out as like the most like musically the most uh, intense thing you've seen? Fish show or just in period? anything like what what what's blowing oh, your mind like what have you oh, seen man. that's like man this fucking shit's just like you left there buzzing you know oh boy i don't know Let me yeah, think. yeah what was that oh. show you were telling emma about you're like this is the best show i've ever seen it's some weird band who me well, no i, I mean oh, i was gonna say i didn't say any shit like, what was i talking about you said you, this is the it was one of the best shows you've ever you've ever saw it's like a two oh, two crap. word name. Drum and tuba. Drum tuba. <laughs> they, opened up for, they opened up for Oysterhead when we saw. Talking about, hold on, this tuba. is intriguing me now. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, talk to the S maybe. I don't know. What the heck, man? I said this is the best show I've ever seen. Sun oh, raw. Oh man, it's it gonna drive sweet. me nuts. I'm obviously so raw. It was Sun Ra. It was so good that I forgot. Um, that, that Oyster Hut. That Oyster, that Oyster Hut. Probably one of the better shows. Yeah, my the best show I've ever seen was Grey Boy All Stars reunion show at the, the House of Blues here in Chicago when I, I think we were, it was 2005, 2004. Uh, the whole place was fucking shaking, and I've never felt funk like that. Seriously, like. The whole place was fucking popping. It was. It wasn't just like hippies. It was like everybody. Like there was like yuppies fucking losing their minds there too. Like the music was so fucking crisp, man. That fucking. You think this? Uh, I don't know. I've never seen the. And that was what's weird is like the guitar player from Grey Boy All Stars. I wouldn't have thought it was this dorky like white guy with this fucking little Gretsch guitar, and he was just fucking dude. He was just tearing it up. Um, <laughs> And and, and uh, Carl Denson was just shredding on the fucking sax and the flute, dude. It was that was the best music, like music, music I've seen. The best show, show. The, probably the first set of it. That shit fucking gave me goosebumps the whole time. I thought musically. 
You know what? The funny thing, though, is some of my favorite memories of like music, live music things were back um, when we were hanging out and friends with the guys in Bump. Like I had a yeah, lot I of like fun. A lot of that. Yeah, we went I to the fish show with all those guys. They went with Jorg and Jay. That that one in the at Cobo Hall. That was that wasn't the best music fish I've seen, but it was it was definitely a fucking fun show to go to. You know. Was played second set, I think. That was the, that was the, that was the last. Uh, yeah, they played foam, I think, to open it up or one of the first songs. But uh, Mountains in the Mist was sick. That shit fucking teared me up there. But uh, <laughs> that was 09, right? That was that was after hiatus. Yeah, that was the last concert, I think, at Cobo Hall. So that's kind of a cool thing to see, you know, Fish last, oh, last show there. Yeah. Yeah. What about um, you, Hogan? What was the best one you've ever seen? Uh, that the first fish show I saw was pretty good, but I don't know, man. I've seen I've seen Pat Matheny in the orchestra pit. Shit was incredible. Did you pinch his tiny weenie? I tried to pinch his nips, but you know, I couldn't get. I, I wasn't that close. I, plus, I had Judy Adams sitting in front of me. I wanted to Uh-oh. behave myself. I was on an edible, bro. It was a bad experience. <laughs> the feeling was a little bit of a terror, but the music was so crisp, it pulled me through. You took an edible and then need a Danimal. That's what kind of kid this <laughs> is. But, what, uh, uh, what, was, what was something that you saw, Chris, that you were disappointed in? Something not necessarily that, like something like an experience where you thought it was going to be something musically and it wasn't really. Um, I I didn't enjoy fish at bonnaroo i was really excited for that that was awful and i i was and i hate you know like i i really i these days i especially these days i try to really come from a place of gratitude with them and really you know just appreciate them and and just be happy they're all alive and playing and stuff but i was so it's kind of like when you get amped up for or when you're younger, you think it's going to be this great party and a great time, and you hype it up in your mind, and it's like, well, of course, it's not going to live up to this thing you've built it up to. So, like, I, I you know, we all went down there, uh, and uh, <laughs> Hogan met up, like, uh, like with Roger. So they drove down to make it in time. And, like, <laughs> yeah, my and, grandmother and, died that week, and I was like, we got to yeah. still go and all this shit. We left <laughs> after a funeral, straight from the funeral, went to Bonnaroo. Sure. I hadn't. It was out wearing, of they're wearing suits. <laughs> we we had the suits and, on. We changed and, halfway down the road, bro. Oh my gosh. Well, well, and at that, the other thing is, I hadn't been at Bonner in a long time, and you know, remember, I was at the first one, and I had yeah. memories of like old school, almost not grass. Well, it was kind of grassroots, you know. It was real, like low key. And then we get there, and our we're greeted with these sort of like. Uh, uh, homeland a security to your skull. <laughs> yeah, and and it, I'm not kidding. It was like a thing where everybody, every single car is searched like you're a criminal, you know. And then I don't know if Hogan, you were hanging out with. It was like me, you, and Higgins or whoever it was. We're sitting yeah. in a field after we'd already been checked, getting into the main zone. Yeah, yep, yep. And um, and I just had like a backpack, and I was taking notes of stuff I liked or I don't know. And I had some waters and this guy just came up to me when we were just sitting there. He's like, I need to check your backpack. And like, I didn't have anything to hide, but it just pissed me off. And I'm like, no, you're not checking my backpack. You you know, you're, I already got checked. And he was like, if you don't let me check your backpack, I'm going to take your wristband. Yeah, and I was like, violated you. 
<laughs> dude that was that was an insane violation i thought yeah and so like then i had and, and it was just the so that like that's a weird that's not a scene i want to be around you know for seeing music so anyway it wasn't just the music part like it was just like that was a big disappointment we you went know, to like, the second one kevin rob and i and actually i had a great time i didn't even like that i, I was at the heat man the I heat. Was at that. yeah well the heat we we drank like four cases of water i think and uh the people, I was like obsessed. I went people to, like, were just naked around us. Like it was so hot. People were just like naked. Like, Oh yeah, I'm naked. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. You know? So like, uh, you know, like that kind of thing. And then you go, then we go to the show and it, well, it was just, you know, like, I don't want to, you, I don't know. It was all kinds of things. Like even, I think even Bruce Springsteen came out and I'm not even <laughs> remotely a fan of his. Oh, I, you know? Fucking I, know that, I know that's dude. exactly something about him. I just there. cannot stand Me his too. music. Just, it is so fucking terrible. I don't know how this guy got away with his career. I, it's, it's a, it's a, he stole it. I know. I, I know people love him and I, I, I don't, you know, at all. And, uh, the so people he comes that love out him and I'm like, our, baby, we were born. <laughs> oh man, don't even get me started. So Boss, then, bro. then, you know, that's going on and this and that, you know, so like, and I, I remember there was like, a. Maybe it was like a chalk dust that just couldn't, it just couldn't get going or I don't know. I was just like, yeah. Yeah. That was the first set of the first night. Is that right? The yeah. Red, so the Red Wings just lost the Stanley cup. We pull into yeah. <laughs> my grandma just died. We hike miles deep into this fucking sweltering hell hole. Yeah. We, we, we run to the fish show and then they surprise us with a bunch of shit. They just yeah. urinated all over our ears, man. It was unbelievable. Well, yeah, I don't want to, you know, but that, that's what happens, though. That's you, you go to the show, they might play good, they might play bad, you know. We're, we're banking on the fact that, you know, the majority of the time, well, they play even good. They that's that, you know, yeah, it's cool. It's tell you that. That, that's, that's the whole thing of taking risks and stuff. So, I, I get it. It's just tough when you drive, you know, 10 hours or whatever it is, and then, yeah, you know, I think for me, the most disappointing one was I, I was really digging jazz mandolin project when they came out and I ended up, I was working oh, at the center at the time and I ended up taking this chick and we went to go see him. I'm like, this fucking sucks, dude. I, really? I almost wanted to With leave. Fishman? Yeah. Yeah. And no, I just, it wasn't, I don't know. And I love Fishman and I love all that shit. I just, it wasn't, wasn't doing it for me. I don't know. Yeah. I think some also favorite things are ones where I didn't have any big expectation. Like, uh, right. like I'm well, you know, it's of- an album. Like I knew I wasn't going to see the exact shit or whatever. I understood that, but like just the music wasn't meshing well. It just wasn't the vibe there. Wasn't, you know, it's just like a whole ambiance thing too. You know? No, I know what you're no, saying. But- I, I was going to say, I, I, I saw, um, Alan Stone, who's like a new, he's like a, a soul singer kind of guy. Like he does really cool. Just soul music but i didn't really know too much about him i went to see him at the magic bag of all places and uh it was great man he lit it up it was like i didn't know what to expect i had no real expectation uh other than it's tuesday let's go you know Mm -hmm. that's what happened to me i got tickets to jack white i almost sold me and chuck almost sold them on the street oh that's maybe what i was like fuck it let's go see this guy Dude, I heard I'm that not was a big a white great show. Fan. I'm not a big white strip. It was unbelievable. It might have been one of the best shows I've ever seen, but it's the same thing as he, what he was saying. I had no expectations whatsoever. This is I, I, I know what you're talking about, No Hogan, about what my, one of my favorite shows was, I think. Sufjan Stevens. That's it. Yep, that's it. What's the, who's a, that? Oh, 
Oh, <laughs> this guy's getting very excited. He's getting flush over there. I mean, this was an excellent concert. I mean, it was so good. But <laughs> like, no, let me tell you something. Never before have I gone to see um, heard him a little bit here and there. Wasn't a big fan or anything, but. I had a, uh, a a guitar student who had he had tickets for this concert, and then he had tickets for the Stanley Cup playoffs, and it was like an elimination game for the mm-hmm. Wings. And uh, so he was like, "Hey, can I, you know, like?" And, and I would teach him guitar, so he's like, "Can can I trade you some guitar lessons for these tickets? I've got these Red Wings tickets, and I can't go." I was like, "Sure, yeah, I'll go check it out." So me and Sarah went, and uh, and. And never before have I gone to a concert where I didn't really know the music, but then, but then I went and I immediately went and listened to the album, and I, it's one of my favorite albums. I've been trying to get Hogan to listen to it for like no, a I, years. No, I just listened to a song. It was awesome. What kind of music is it? it well, well, he's, he's he really changes his sound, but the, this uh, Carrie and Lowell, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, it's like it's really acoustic kind of chill rock. Yeah, it's no. I don't really think there's any drums in it or anything. It's just okay. like really. Um, but it's really beautiful. But I remembered like all the like the melodies, and I'm like, oh, here's the part where he's saying like I don't normally remember something I haven't heard before. Um, and uh, so then, then um, you know, then then the Red Wings lost the elimination game. You know, so the then I saw the kid or not the kid, the, the guy I was teaching guitar to, and I felt really bad because I was like, oh, this was like the best concert ever, and he was like, oh, the Wings lost. You know? <laughs> Why do why do the wings keep fucking up concerts for everybody? Dude, the wings just keep fucking up, bro. They were up five <laughs> to fuck here. They were up, I think, five oh, I or six that, to two. Yeah. They lost seven to six, dude, in the third period. <laughs> just enough to kind lose. Of horse, yeah, because they blow. Uh, NHL center ice was a big mistake buying that this year. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, yeah. So I, I, the thing about music to me is that it kind of like the way you look at your life, it's almost like it's your soundtrack, you know, like the way you live and the way, what you're doing at that time is indicative of what you're listening to or like what you're doing. You know, for me, I actually recently have stopped listening to music, not because I don't love it. I do love it. I've listened to music my whole life, but when I play music now and I haven't listened to anything, it like opens my mind up to shit. It's so weird. Like when I play the guitar and I don't play it, practice it like that day or the couple days before whatever and then i have band practice i can do shit that i wouldn't even have thought of doing or something you know and it just opens up a whole different dimension of playing and 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 thinking and as if where i would have heard a phrase before and try to subconsciously mimic it now i'm just coming up with shit on my own that i wouldn't have known where to draw it from before you know almost like pulling notes out of the air or something like that you know yeah I know what you mean. I don't. I don't listen to music really. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. I see. I, I'm constantly listening to music. Maybe that's I why don't. I suck. I can't. I can't just sit down and just listen to music. That's I mean, all I do I think, all day is listen to music. Yeah, but I think that I know for it's probably a little different for me in the sense like I'm always having to transcribe music. Um, I'm, for the I'm doing the lesson video, so I'm always having to learn music. I'm having to learn music for the church thing. I'm having to learn music for the cover bands. Like I'm always, it's always like a laborious thing, and I, I love it. Don't get me wrong, but I uh, then I it doesn't leave too much left over. Like if I'm if I have any time and I'm going to listen to anything, it's a podcast. It's like a a, 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 a discussion. Like a, I, I I those are the kinds of things I listen to. I don't listen to music. 
Well, it's because you're um, so, like you crazy. said, you're so involved and invested in it that you need a little bit of like where you, somebody would be enjoying it. You're like, need a break from it, you know? From it. And then, and then I go on for my day and then I'm teaching guitar and piano and I have a ukulele, a couple of ukuleles. I'm always having to do like not having to do, cause it's awesome. That I get to play guitar and stuff, but then it's, did uh, you start those ukulele lessons? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going yeah, to hang out did. over at George Harrison's fucking California Dude, I, retreat. Judge there's, a of, there's a surge of these ukulele uh, students going on right now. So I it's know. Cool. Yeah, when, I, when I was still at the end of my guitar selling days, they became huge. We had a whole portion of the oh, yeah. acoustic room that was all ukuleles. I, I think I'm going to get a nice one. Do they have, do they they have some high-end one. ones? Yeah, get all, get all, co- yeah, get all, oh, co- yeah, yeah that should sound sweet as fuck. A miniature yeah. tray guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, I, mean, I think tra- Trey's Koa one, though, I think Trey's Koa Languidoc, it sounds good. It's a little squeaky, though. I like the maple, the, the, the best. Hey, Maisie, have you ever seen this thing? I'll show you this thing. Yeah, I've seen a clip of your band. Uh, Let me get a close-up of that thing. Because I was when Kevin said it, I thought you got like a Fred, which is that like Fred. What a shitty name. Well, no, they're building like lower end ones right now. Yeah, you can tell with a name like Fred. Fred. Oh, the Fred, but yeah. Oh yeah, Yeah, that thing's sick. It's got walnut on the back. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! Chuck Chuck Mahogany did something to it, didn't he? Stained Chuck, it. Yeah, Chuck lacquered it. Yep. So what 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 is that then? Did you build that? Did you get a kit? What did you do? It's a kit. It was a kit. Yeah, from a guy named Robert Olson. Oh, I know. Yeah, and, uh, I know. I've looked into that. And it's and it's been a you know like really, uh, it's it's pretty temperamental, man. I'll tell you that. But uh, I, I've got it dialed in pretty good now. So. Yeah. No, it but, uh, sounds good. When I've heard your guys' stuff, you got like, you've got a really good tone. What kind of amp do you run with that? Uh, I'm I, right now. I'm, I do a uh, uh, Mesa F30 with a twin. Okay, yeah, I like that. I for one, one yeah, thing who, I found who out. Who wouldn't? That's some quality shit. <laughs> but what I it was like the trick I've been coming figuring out because like you know how like you look at those pictures of Trey's rig and stuff like I'm like how does he get that really good tone without that super high end like it's not there's not a lot of super high end on it yeah. and then I looked at a Ross picture. compressor. No, well, no, I mean I do I use a Demeter compressor. I don't have the Ross one, but no, it's the. Uh, he rolls off like almost all of his, I think it's, uh, uh, where does he roll it off at? Uh, it's somewhere like six K or something, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, like a limiter, you mean? No, like EQ, bam. Off. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, I, I might be messing up exactly where it is on here. I've got, but I've got the, so then I got an EQ pedal and it's really, it's, you know, that sound like on rift. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's like, uh, it's awesome. It's like, it's, it's almost, I don't know how to explain that where the tone starts to fall off, but it like does it in like a smooth way. Is that what you're talking about? And yeah, when it's like rolled off. Yeah. yeah but like, when, so when you, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know, like yeah, no, that ripping tone from like ri- the song rift or like maze. Yeah. I love that tone. I don't have a pedal like that, but when I mix our band and stuff, when I use logic, I, I kind of yeah. use a technique on some things depending on what it is. But yeah, that's some fucking sick shit. Yeah. What, uh, so this, <laughs> oh, that's good tone. 
I mean, come on. <laughs> when, when he rips the solo, when he goes, yeah, yeah it goes yeah. into the thing. I mean, that is. Can you put it forward to there that? This? Oh, it's the curtain. Yeah, lick. That is some. Uh, this is what his tone was probably the best. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm going. That's what I like. <laughs> well, then he got into the whammy phase too hard. The whammy pedal's cool, but if you start to overuse it, it really fucks with your shit. I'm better with it nowadays, as far as you know. It's, it's a good thing for if you're good minimalistically with it. You know, like. Yeah. I don't know. Some yeah, it's very, if you're going you into the world, very, very if you're going into, I remember a few. Go ahead. Hogan used to get real pissed about that thing a few years back. Oh, I hated that shit. <laughs> yeah, I used it way too much. It's it sucks. <laughs> I, I, again, I think if you use it, like, if you're in the middle of a, of a weird jam or something, I think it's perfect, you know. But you got to use it. Right, the right one way. fucking note. This guy played I, full solos with the whole pedal. <laughs> well, that's, I, that's I, a crazy like like whammy pedal. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean we're, we're probably we're actually i mean are you guys going to any fish shows because i mean they're not coming to the midwest at all this summer according to what's been released so far i want to go to the gorge but no dice but apparently okay this guy uh, messaged me on my uh the channel it's uh you know i do the the fish songs and so this guy reached out and he was like, everybody that doesn't know chris does uh um, fish like some of the harder fish songs with all the, the through the whole song you do where you show all the the licks and everything and that's uh what's your channel called? Emmy Guitar Lessons. Okay, Emmy Guitar Lessons. Check it out. So this guy uh, uh, messaged me or commented or whatever, and he was like, "Yeah, the Watkins Festival is going to be a go." He this oh, says yeah. he knows somebody there. Yeah, and he's I, like, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen too. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they September. had a couple more dates too. If when they do that as well, like if they, you think that's September? The, I think that's when the festival's going to go down in September. I think so. I'm not sure, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed for a Midwest November wow. October maybe. Why, what do you, what do you think? Winter. Well, I thought I thought there's a gap between the, like maybe it's the Gorge and Dicks or something like kind of later August or something like that. Yeah, well, the Gorge is in J- July, and then, Cam- well, then Cam- whatever- Camden's early August. Well, then it's that and Dix. There's like a couple-week gap or something. Maybe Dix is in September, because that's the one that Beardsley and Fick are going I think to. they usually do, like, uh, what is it? Is it La- Labor Day that weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, so, our, our that, that show that we saw at Wrigley a couple years ago, that was fucking, that was a good show. That was fun. Yeah. Didn't they open with Sample that time? Did they? Uh, yeah, I think they did. At the show I was at, I thought they did. Yeah. Well, we only yeah. went the one night with you. We should have gone the other night, but we didn't go. Yeah, here we go. Trans- oh. Dick's is Labor Day weekend. Yeah, yeah. So that festival would probably be in, like, later September. Oh, people are saying it's going to be in between... So, oh. it's, so Dicks will still be the last thing. It'll be in August. Yeah, like in the middle yeah. of August. I miss yeah. indoor show. What if they do one at fucking Little Caesars? That would be fuck. Because I heard the acoustics in there are actually really good. That would be fucking sick if they did one at the Little Caesars Arena. I thought it sounds okay. I mean, I, I've seen a couple of gigs there now. Or What'd you see gigs? there? <laughs> you saw uh, Kid Rock 15 nights in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Paul McCartney and I saw oh, Dead yeah. Company. Oh, nice. oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I was at. The I tell place, you what, man. Paul McCartney killed it, man. That guy. My dad saw him this good. summer out here in uh, Chicago, and he was fucking. He said they played like 40, 45 songs and just fucking crushed it. No, he just he just rips through it. He doesn't even take. He the only set break is he gives the rest of the band a break, and he plays by himself for like you know a handful of tunes. He's earning this guy's that running note. around. Yeah. He yeah. looked like he was gonna die a couple years ago. He's really <laughs> kind of came back on. Maybe got some stem cell treatment or something. Something. He might. He yeah, might have maybe. young young boy blood pumping through that vein. <laughs> <laughs> young boy. boy. <laughs> that's, that's the new. That's the new craze out in fucking Silicon Valley, he's, man. That's Kevin's new acoustic cooking. band, Young Boy Blood. That's yeah, a good band goth. name. <laughs> young, young Boy Blood. <laughs> oh. Um. But what, uh, what, so you, you, do you like when you do like these, these last, like, do you like doing your videos where you're doing, you're going through the song or are you just doing it? I love that. Okay. I I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. I love it. But sometimes people do stuff to disseminate, like, look, there's not a lot of people that can kind of get through a lot of those songs. So people that are trying to play fish songs, I, I go online all the time and look at like, I try and do the exact soul that's on the CD. And then if you jam off of it, jam off of it, whatever, but you look online and there's yeah. a lot of bands that cover it that just do their own thing. That doesn't really sound too much like it, you know? Yeah, no, I really, it's like doing a big, uh, like a thousand thing. You feel it's a good, if you, you get done, like mm-hmm. every time there's a, there's a, it's a cathartic thing. It's a real journey. Every time there's a beginning where you don't know anything. Like when I first went down to, to learn Reba and sat down to learn that, like it was very, like, it's like, huh, uh, what's going on here? You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, then, but then, trip. but then you find the pattern and then it's, it's so, Isn't a lot of the harder stuff too, like the tension that he's building before he releases, like a lot of the stuff on the songs, like whether it's Coyote, Divided Sky, Reba, when they start to do that crazy build-up shit, it's like that intense, you know, uh, tension, and then he releases into the fucking primo shit. But like that's usually the harder part of the songs to play, is what I think at least. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. The next one I'm doing, I'm going to try to get it done this week, is Lizard's. And that's really fun to play. I know the solo to that, that do 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 do. That's like the only part uh, of that song I know. That's, that's, that's my favorite. That's the outro, bro. That's the outro. Yeah, that's my favorite part call of that. It, call it by its name. I, I, that's one of my favorite. It's up there, like. And the second piano about, part when they play it live, yeah. when when Paige fucking goes off, that's always my favorite part. When the second part when he goes into that shit. Dude, that that softer that melody you're talking about with the outro mm-hmm. thing is like that and like divided sky. That soft part and divided sky. Yeah before the pause like those right. are some of my favorite favorite fish uh moments you know have you ever heard the glen falls i think it's 94 divided sky uh, maybe 98 94 i think i have that's just that's like one of the best ones he's just fucking ripping and he's he's yeah. not only is he ripping the normal shit but he's playing these incredible fills in between the space that he normally just leaves his space it's fucking nuts. yeah yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a nice chord progression to improvise over oh Oh yeah, it's awesome. Have you done "You Enjoy Myself" yet? Yeah, I did that one. I've, I did that one twice because What's I realized. What's the hardest I did one for you? Like, what was the hardest one for you to do? To play. Yeah. Or to, like. Um, well, to whatever to 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 play or teach whatever. 
Well, it depends on how you look at it. Because one of the first ones I tried to do was Reba, and I really didn't. I did. The more you do it, then you really get inside the head of how he does stuff. Like now, I kind of know what patterns to start looking for, so it's a lot easier. I trim down on some of the time. Well, I've learned but, uh, he's a he's a really diatonic player. Like he doesn't really play too much within certain patterns or like you know scales or anything like that. He's really playing to the changes of the music when he's soloing usually. Yeah. Uh, Almost yeah. like a jazz player, right? Like, isn't that what you would kind of consider that, like diatonic? Like when you play, like for instance, sample in a jar, you're not just within one key. You're kind of alternating between when you're playing that solo. It keeps switching I'm, over the chords. I'm actually transcribing that one right now, uh, note for note, because we're going to play it Sunday, and I wanted to learn the solo and kind of do it right. Yeah, you I, know? Just, and, I just and played it the exactly. other night, dude. This shit was fucking, I actually, I think I did one little flub at the end, but other than that, it was pretty fucking crisp. But you're right in the sense that um, he, he's playing. It's almost like he's yeah he's he's playing a mini melody per chord mm-hmm. in that, uh, which is really cool. Um, but then other times it'll be like it depends on the thing. You know, like the Reba Jam is just kind of what it, it is. What it is, you know what I mean? Right. It's a certain thing. And then two chord modal vamp. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. And it will knock your fucking socks off. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, let's wrap it up on that. Now, why don't you actually, whoop, whoop. What's, what's your, uh, your band's fluff at it's P H L U F F head, um, on Facebook. And you guys have a website. <laughs> it's just why, like, why don't you repeat that again? That was a cutting out there. Whoa, man. Oh. Every time this guy tries to promote something, the fucking thing shuts down. <laughs> Yeah, oh, you want to no. We're gonna turn it now. Uh, what, what what is your website? I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I'm cutting out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's fluffhead.com. <laughs> All right. P H L U F F head dot com, and uh, right. also check out my band, The Magical Pack Sniffian, on uh, YouTube, and uh, we do have a Facebook page as well. And uh, also check out Maurice's photography, which will be highlighted and displayed throughout this page <laughs> over time. Hey, all right, folks, we got another good one in the books. Thanks, Chris. Uh, that was enlightening, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. All right, cool. boys.